0: Hello listeners, this is Izzy and Archie from Ferris and Sylvester, and we bring you our brand new podcast series, The Song Uncovered.
1: This is something totally different for us. The idea behind our new podcast is to flip the tables around. We're going to be interviewing some of our favourite artists and songwriters about a particular song that we love of theirs that has influenced us in some way. From writing hundreds of songs together, we understand that there isn't necessarily a formula to songwriting. What you do one day might not work the next. We're very interested to get to know other people's process and the trials and tribulations that they've gone through in their own songwriting.
0: At the end of each episode, we'll be tackling the chosen song of the podcast ourselves and attempting to do it justice. We want these episodes to be an open conversation artist to artist and hopefully we'll uncover the detail and devotion that goes into writing these amazing songs. This podcast is brought to you together with the Americana Music Association UK, a community that celebrates all strands of Americana and roots music in the UK and across the pond.
1: First up on the show, we have Scottish Americana sensation Roseanne Reed with her song Sweet Annie. Sweet Annie
2: about love, God knows you're everything. My heart could dream of. I see hell below us, and heaven up.
1: We met Roseanne a couple of years ago at a venue called King Tuts in Glasgow, a legendary venue. Um, We were both on the same bill, Um, we actually met in the dressing room and then we heard Roseanne sound checking and fell in love with her voice and and her lyrics.
0: We've toured with her but also we've kind of bumped into her at festivals uh, either over here in, in the UK or across the pond in America and not only is she immensely talented and creative, um, but she's also an incredibly kind and humble human being. So we're so excited to have her. And it's a so long way to crawl down, down on your hands. Sweet
2: Suddenly right. I feel terrified. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't, you'll
1: forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been during lockdown and everything like that have you have you been busy have you been writing
2: well I mean creatively it's been um it's been very quiet I have to admit I can (laughs) I hope for a lot more I have got I've managed to get some stuff written but all in all I've just spent my time doing other things I've been out you know I've been out gardening a lot I've been out working I've been you know just doing things that I would never have the time to do if I was on tour or Doing Uh music full time, you know. I don't know. I think the world's not quite sitting right right, and it's it's kind of you know, uh, that's kind of put me off my stride a bit. I hope I hope I'll get it back. You never know.
0: No, you (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone's feeling the pressure. But what we've been, well, definitely what I've been kind of doing through this time is just you take every day as it comes. If you have a bad day you don't linger on it you just yeah, you go sure. on to the next one and then if that one's a bad day you again you bin it and on to the next one and then suddenly yeah. a good one will pop up and you can just kind of feed off that for a while and just not kind of beating yourself up all the time yeah yeah um, i think so i think that's it in
2: a nutshell isn't it you just have to be kind to yourself because no one's kind of there's not a, a a script on how to handle this there's there's no right way to do it so now you one just kinda of, Yeah. So you just do the best you can, you know, you go from day to day. Well, I've searched your eyes, girl, but I just can't see why an angel such as you would say yes to me. So Sweet Annie was a song I wrote about it must have been about four, maybe five years ago now, actually. And I wrote it on a a nylon string guitar instead of what I usually do on a, a steel string. I tend to find when I go to the nylon string, it brings out a more kind of melancholy sound, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what happened with with this one. And it made it onto uh, my debut album, and uh, it was recorded with Steve Earle that featured on it. Yeah, I mean the song's just a, it's it's a love song basically. I didn't write it about any particular one person. It was just a kind of a uh, not a collective love song, but, you know, it's just a kind of broad, a broad statement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a broad statement of love.
0: I think it's really interesting, actually, because we've just got a song out called I Should Be On A Train, which is a breakup, heartbreak song. Yes, love And it, it's, you know, and when people ask us about it, you know, it's not necessarily about a story about us per se. Yeah. It's 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 You'd be it, slightly worried. Yeah. I think if it, was, will, <laughs> if it was entirely accurate. People will be calling us up going, Are you guys okay? But it's it's about yeah, it's about that kind of breaking point in a relationship. And and obviously, yeah, it's not totally autobiographical, but yeah, we've 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 done <clears> we've done a lot of like door slams on each other and you just kind of embellish it, don't you? And yeah. and often you can that can start the process of a song and then when it's finished it's kind of unrecognizable to your own life um yes so for instance yes. sweet annie might not be about someone called annie but yeah uh,
2: that's but- it definitely wasn't do i know an annie i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's amazing isn't it cuz it's still really i'm sure you find that it's still really personal to you
2: yeah it is it's definitely one of the more um personal kind of heart-open songs i've written um yeah, I mean, slightly, you know, as you see, you take little bits that are autobi- uh, Um You know the word. <laughs> you take little bits of it. <laughs> I got nowhere to go on I'm dead on my feet. So I lay my heart out lay next to me.
1: You say you wrote it a while ago four or five years ago
2: yeah yeah
1: um and you recorded it much later after having written it right yeah that's right did, did you find if you ever toured it or played it live on stage did it end up um evolving
2: and you know what? no and I, I tend to find that with the vast majority of my songs unless and you guys you guys might have done this yourself but i tend to find when i you know when i start a song on stage and then suddenly i go God I'm in the wrong key I have started this so I do that quite often yeah. <laughs> and then it might go off with a different tangent and suddenly I might have a, a different version of the song but for yeah. for sweet Annie um no not really it stayed it stayed true to its original form um mm. for for the whole process as I say from writing all the way through to recording and production it's not really changed a lot
0: well I think that's a sign of when you've kind of got something right initially do you remember like the initial spark like did it take a long time to write or was it kind of
2: um no, I don't think it took a long time to write. From what I can remember, I wrote it um, just before doing a, a gig in Edinburgh and I, I remember I wanted to have it ready for that night to play. <laughs> um, so I, can, I think I wrote it. Maybe it was, it was the day before, but I think I wrote it uh, within a couple hours, really. I do. I, I, I love to try and get stuff written before gigs purely because I kind of look at it as the motivation is all there. You're just about yeah. to go on stage you know you're in the zone the excitement's all there and as I say the the drive for me to have new stuff to offer all the time is a real motivation because I do have some songs where I've I've, you know I've started writing it and then maybe six months to a year down the line I'll get the final verse or the chorus but this wasn't one of them this was very very quick
1: it's also a great recording so you you recorded with um, Teddy Thompson Right, that's who's, right yeah. who's uh, I believe the son of Richard and Linda Thompson. That's um, right, yeah, which is, which is cool. Did you find when you were recording it, it sounds like you, you know, you could have all been in the room at the same time,
2: just tracking it live. Yeah. Was that the kind of vibe? Uh, yes, it was, and I think that's what we wanted to capture for the whole album, all, you know, as close as we could get to a live album as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were very few overdubs, really, and they were you know. I think for all songs we didn't really do more than three takes.
1: Amazing! Um, did you do the guitar and vocals at the same time, or did yeah, you, I did.
2: Like- I mean, I, just for those you'll hear with the more acoustic songs, whereas there's not a big there's not a big band presence mm-hmm. with the more acoustic ones. I did guitar and vocals at the same time for all of them, and just right. did all of them in one one day. You know, that's where I really value touring and kind of being on the road and getting all this practice. in. when you're put in the position of okay, you've only got so much time to record and get this
0: done.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you're used to it because you're used to yeah. getting up on stage and just doing it. It's actually kind of interesting.
0: I was listening uh, to Laura Marling talking about how she records, and she always records her vocals with the guitar. Um, ah, there you go. She was talking about it being like a heartbeat. So that when she right, was singing, yeah. that was like the core. And I don't know because you're you know you you own the stage so well on your own when you perform. I'm right. wondering if that if it's like a similar thing. Yeah, I, I can't really imagine any other way of doing it. Actually, it's interesting because I
2: know just with the the songs that we had the band on, and the you know the vocals and the acoustic guitar weren't just as prominent. I found that very unnerving at first because I just you know you record the the two separately, and I just remember standing there without the guitar, and just
0: <laughs> <laughs> like feeling naked.
2: A, yeah, you feel yeah, naked. Yeah. really. this is just yeah. this is unnatural. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I wouldn't consider recording it any other way for me personally
1: as you listen to the to the recording there's a celtic sort of influence that comes in here mm-hmm. and there from the strings is that deliberate from your background is that something you've tried to bring into americana music
2: um, it's something I I wasn't really conscious of doing at the start When the strings were being added As, uh, as the first couple of takes were being recorded I heard the kind of Celtic sound and I was delighted with it Because it wasn't really something I'd, I'd as I say, been conscious of On mm-hmm. the run-up to recording that song in particular But it works really well Because you're mm-hmm. right, I, I would classify that as an Americana song The more I write and the more, you know I'm, I'm trying to get everything written for the second album just now I'm aware of leaving spaces for those kind of string sections and those kind of little pockets in the songs where I can go, well, actually I can bring my own kind of heritage and background to this and it's not just going to be, uh, well, that's another Americana song. You know, it's, it's something a little bit different.
1: Well, an integral part of, the sound of that track and actually uh, you know the album that yeah. you know where, where you come from the, the music that you're doing you know you're taking influences certainly from across the pond and from all over but you're getting your own background on there as well yeah. i think that's really clever
0: when you were working with with teddy was yeah. it kind of a collaboration did you feel or or were you kind of letting him take the front seat with the production how how was that relationship
2: well, I mean, I think it, it certainly developed over the course of recording in the studio because we, sure. we did it so quickly. We, I mean, I was only in Brooklyn for four days, five days, maybe. We knew we didn't have a lot of time. So we were kind of going, let's just play it and see how it goes. Um, and I think that kind of comes across on it. So with Teddy, prior to recording, um, I toured with him for just a few shows and that was the only kind of relationship we had so it is different going into studio and so, you know suddenly someone's kind of um, suggesting different things for your songs and suggesting different approaches. But it was it's a relationship that really works, and we're, I think because we're both singer-songwriters, we're both yeah. very respectful of the process, and we're both mm-hmm. very sensitive to what each other might might want. I'd say that, uh, Teddy was definitely a, a good kind of um, anchor. But I needed that because I was totally green behind the ears. That's like, that's my first album. I'd barely yeah. been in the studio before that.
1: We have one one rule. Um, when it comes to production and stuff, there, there's no rules. But the one rule that we have is we won't go anywhere near recording a song until we feel like in its most rawest form, whether it be on an acoustic guitar or piano, or whatever we've written it on, and vocals, yeah. it has to work like that. Otherwise, we're not going to touch any recording right. equipment.
0: The relationship between artist and producer is a is a fascinating one. Archie has become a producer in his in his own right over the over the last few years, and we've right. worked with some amazing producers. Um, you know, we've got all of these influences, but I think yeah. what we've found over the years from from doing our demos, we we use that as such a big part of the songwriting process. We've kind of morphed that into into our whole process it's just kind of become one but I think that you know when you go into a studio as you say kind of cold you're like I've got five days let's see what happens it can create a magic and a spark with another person over those songs
2: for me the more influences as you say, and the more input and the more ideas the better yeah I think that for me that can only improve an album you don't have to say yes to every single thing But as you know, the more kind of creative creativity that's swirling around it, I think that really lends itself to something really special.
1: We often find that it's amazing, even now, how um, we'll both come up with an idea for a song and they will be at opposite ends of the spectrum totally different ideas, (laughs) so different. Yeah, it's a nightmare, trust (laughs) me. But what it ends up doing is is pushing us to come up with with something better,
2: sweetheart. Thinking about love. God, God knows
1: know you're everything. My heart could dream, dream of Tell us about um Steve Earl. How did that relationship come about and how did he, he end up yeah. singing on Sweet Annie?
2: Well, I mean I, I met Steve in um, 2015, I think, 2014. And I met him through his uh, songwriting camp called Camp Copperhead in upstate New York. I'd never been to to America before before then, so it was it was just um, great memories, you know. And just I learned a lot from Steve. I think he really he's a great teacher as well as everything else he does. That's how the relationship first kind of started is, you know, he he listens to people's songs at the camp and he'll give kind of feedback where he can. You know, I went back to the camp um, in the following years as well. And I think that just gave us a chance to build the relationship. And by the time it came to actually asking him, would you like to feature on my album? It, it, it stood me in good stead to maybe get a positive answer for him. Again, I can't take all the credit because I had a couple of friends in Glasgow, it it was their idea to do a collaborative effort on Sweet Annie. And I thought, well, that actually sounds really good with two people on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that, I think that's the one to get them on. So, yeah. And again, that kind of comes back to the idea of, you know, the more creativity and the more input, the better, isn't it?
0: This is a more general question, I guess, but do you feel like you're more lyrically led or musically led? Oh, well,
2: that's a good question.
0: I think, (laughs) I
2: think... um, I think more lyrically led, yeah. you know. I'd, I've I've always been drawn to great lyrics, and mm-hmm. I think over the years I probably have become a, bit of a lyric snob. And that for me to kind of for me to get really excited about a song now, the lyrics have to be really great, or even if it's just one line where I yeah. go, "God, that is amazing!" <laughs> you know, that's good. That's what gets me excited. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I try to be more and more open. To the music leading me, and to be more experimental with the sound. Um, but for me, the, the lyrics underpin a whole song. That that's what you know. That's what draws me in. That's what leaves a mark. That's what I remember is the lyrics. How
1: self-critical are you when you listen back to this recording? I don't know whether yeah. when the last time you listened to it was whether you ever have even listened to it since you finished it. Um, but do you find yeah. yourself listening back and going? oh wish we'd done it like that or next time yeah. or learning or or do you just go no that was a good recording and then move on how do you oh, feel about oh that?
2: i wish i wish <laughs> i think that i think that would be lovely to have that peace of mind <laughs> yeah yeah after you've got the finished product but i think you know there's always something you change isn't there because i am not a am not a perfectionist um in any way especially not when it comes to art but yes I, i'm definitely i would class myself as my own biggest critic i would class myself as as someone that is never quite happy with with what they've done and i'm not i'm not necessarily convinced that's a bad thing i think that's maybe another motivation if if you were happy with everything uh where's the where's the drive to get better but it's i think there's you know there, there's beauty and 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 mm. you, it's not it's not Certainly. quite right but it's it's natural as you see it's
0: there i think that that's what so that's what encapsulates you so much is just that it's you're so raw and everything that you bring yeah. whether you're on stage or or this album it's all very real and it's all yeah. it's all right there in front of you there isn't any kind of hidden tricks because your voice and the songs speak yeah. f- for 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 themselves see hell below us heaven above
2: Ain't it, ain't it Sweet, ain't it,
1: ain't Roseanne, there is um, there's a question that we are going to ask to every single person that we are gonna interview. Okay. If you could channel the best attributes of three of your favourite songwriters, who would they be, and why?
2: All right. Okay. Well, I I know number one would be Bruce Springsteen. Right. Attribute um, how prolific he is, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him as a songwriter. Songwriter number two. Well, <laughs> I think I think Carole King. For uh, the kind of understated simplicity. Mm -hmm. So, you listen to our songs and they are perfect pop songs. And I think, upon first listen, it sounds simple. But, you know, you delve further into it and you go, that, particularly with Tapestry, obviously, that's, you'll never replicate those songs. You'll never replicate the album. I think, last one, I'm going to go with another kind of pop rock songwriter. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Oh, cool, yeah. we uh, love Brian Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I think, just, uh, now, what would be my attribute there, though? <laughs> <laughs> so many things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think Brian Wilson is just another another one of these geniuses who writes uh, songs that will still be played in 100 years and uh, hugely prolific. Again,
0: just song after song just fantastic you've nailed our game that's great you're the first guest to play Izzy and Archie's weird question yeah great I'll ask you now what would yours be
1: well I suppose it would only be fair to to offer but I don't know if I'll be able to give I'm quite jealous I would I would have I'd have a little bit of Tom Waits um, oh god yes for for just everything. If you're going to bring one thing that Tom Waits is going to bring, you're going to bring the the grit grittiness. And then yeah. I want the rhythms and the harmonies of Stevie Wonder. And then I also I also today yeah. Who else do I want? I want um oh, ah yeah, God, so many. <laughs> so I'm, going to, I'm going to go. I'm going with Prince. I'm going with Prince today. Good choice. I want, yeah, I want Prince for the just just epic songwritingness and I Yeah. Think, yeah, those three are going to make some got, pretty good songs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you've gone all male, I'm going to go all female. Yeah. I'd have the poetry of Joni Mitchell.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: I'd have the bold confidence of Britney <laughs> Howard. Um Oh,
2: great choice. But yeah.
0: amazing, just amazing songwriting of Dolly Parton to kind of oh. round it off.
2: <laughs> how didn't did we think of Dolly Parton? Arts it? Between us, how well, did we?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode number one of the Song Uncovered podcast. All of the songs from this series will be on our Spotify playlist called The Song Uncovered, conveniently for you to listen to afterwards
0: we want to say thank you to the Americana Music Association UK for the love and support that you've shown us
1: Now it's time to wrap things up Here's our version of Sweet Annie by Roseanne Reid
0: Sweet Annie Been thinking about love God knows you're everything My heart could dream of See hell Heaven above, sweet Annie. Ain't it enough? Well, I played the game, girl. And I showed my hand.
2: Come a hundred million marks, just painted
1: and
0: it's a long way to crawl down on your hands Sweet, I to say here I am I've searched your eyes, girl But I just can't see Why an angel such as you would say yes to me I got nowhere to go, I'm dead on my feet So I lay my heart out if you lay next to me